I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 31. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. I'm Chris. And we were sending our little signal WhatsApp group um, whilst the game was going on that we were could quite easily just do a copy and paste podcast this week which is already the name for it sorted i mean i feel like we've been saying copy and paste groundhog day for weeks and weeks and weeks but it literally was the most predictable thing ever um just a, sh- a quick short story before we talk about the game i spoke to my brother at half time because i thought we played okay in the first half i spoke to the phone to him and was like what do you think and he was like yeah, yeah i think we've been quite good you know and he said to me you know this will end 3-1 he said they'll get one and we'll just completely fall apart. And I was like, no, come on, like, you know, tides turn surely, like, be more positive. He got it absolutely nailed on. So well done, Sam. That was a, that was a pretty good prediction. You should have had a bet. Um, my dad texted me at half time. That you thought it, that wasn't going to happen, though, Jack. <laughs> I was just like, it can't keep happening, surely. Like, it can't. Like, it's got to end at some stage, hasn't it? I don't know if it ever will. My dad texted me at half time and said, I bet you're five we we win. I went, easiest money I will make. (laughs) (laughs) You know that thing that all the hustle culture people say, is like, you need to make money while you sleep. Just text my dad, ask him for some bets. Just bet against Spurs. Bet against Spurs is money, isn't it? Let's talk a little bit. I made three observations in the first half that were slightly outside of the specifics that we're going to get into now. One is... That Harry Kane obviously can't wait for the barbershops to open. Maybe he needs to, maybe he needs to cut his hair. Maybe that will help. Um, the bags under Jose's eyes looked bigger than usual. Mm. And uh, Eric Dyer is and always has been a proper footballer. And I loved when he squared up to whoever it was he squared up to when um, oh, someone Cavani. got... Sorry? It was Cavani, wasn't it? When we yeah. left one on Roden and he... Yeah, exactly. Know. Left one on Roden and Eric Dyer was the first one in there. And I was like, yes, Eric, that's what you want. Yeah, we know that. Sure, let's let's talk a little bit about the game because it was a bit of a surprise to see Dyer back in the side. Um, yeah. I did I did not expect to see him in there. Um, Aurier came back in as well, but other than that, you know, it's sort of the, a very similar side that we've been playing for most of the season. Um, I actually thought in the first half we we played quite well. Like I know we didn't create a huge amount, but like I thought we were a bit aggressive and niggly and we were make it was like a that first half for me was like a jose kind of team like we were aggressive and we were nasty and we we're a bit horrible to play against um we got the goal i know we were a bit a little bit fortunate because you know they had one disallowed about a minute before um we got the goal and at half time i was sitting there thinking we've done all right i was like we're one nil up i was like we've done all right i was like there's definitely room for us to grow in the game and I was thinking we've got every every chance now of, you know, going and getting a massive, massive victory. Um, but for me, where it all where it all turned, and again, I try not to blame just the manager too much because everyone's to blame. But this was a game that we really, really needed to win for top four hopes. Like we really needed to win it. And uh, we struggled in the second half. And at 1-1, Lo Celso went off and Sissoko come on. And sort of as soon as I saw that substitution, I just thought, that's that's it. Like we're taking a draw at best now. It's like we're not going to be able to keep the ball. Like and as soon as that substitution happened, it's not you know it's not Sissoko's fault too much. But you know what you're getting out of Sissoko, and you're not getting ball retention. Like you're not getting that at all. And as soon as I saw Lacelso going off, I just thought all we need to do for ten minutes is keep hold of the ball. And it comes back to what I've been saying for the last 
three, four months about when we just need to slow the pace of a game down and keep the ball, we cannot do it. And we're so direct. We just didn't have the ball second half whatsoever. And it just needed, it needed a, in his prime Michael Carrick in the middle of the park to just put his foot on the ball and just be like, let's just slow everything down. And lacelso has got the ability to do that. So I was absolutely baffled at the substitution. Um, and from then on, I'd, you know, it, it, it did become quite predictable. Um, Mason Greenwood, by the way, what a player. What a player. Was he 18 years old? I mean, you talk about you want subs to come on and impact the game. Gee, I mean, he just... This, what this a is a point that annoys me, though. He is a great player. I'm not, not taking anything away from him. And United Academy seems to be brilliant at the moment. Obviously, Rashford and Lingard's doing amazingly as well, annoyingly. Um, but every time a team plays us, it's always that oh, they're suddenly playing really well. These players suddenly... The attacking players always play really well. We let them play well. We make them look good. It's not that they're having good performances. We let teams look good. It, it, I, I would love to play against Tottenham. I would let Tottenham go one 0 up, and then we, I know we would win. And I think the Jose team is a myth now. Hasn't been that way since fifteen sixteen. You know, since he worked that that season when they won the league with Chelsea. Ever since then, it, there hasn't been a consistent ideology identification of that team. There hasn't been, and that. That's a long time ago in football. A long time ago. I just, I, I. That team is not a bad team. There are spaces where it could be improved. But you have a look at the West Ham team, which did a fantastic job against Leicester on the weekend. Yeah. I, I still wouldn't have any of their players over hours. There's, mm. they, we've got a brilliant team there anymore. And you look at Sun. Like that broke my heart. That interview. Oh. I know Chris, you shared it. That interview afterwards, like that is the. We've got two dressing rooms. One of them is massive. We've got two home dressing rooms. Jose has lost them both. He's the only manager in the league to lose two dressing rooms in the same season at the same club. We've got two of them. I, it, it, it's all on him. It's all on him. Like, yeah, the players need to step up, but that in, the environment which he fosters creates this attitude where a player is basically breaking down. One of the best players in the world is devastated at losing to Man United. And I, I he says that he doesn't tell them to sit back and hold defender lead. I just don't believe him anymore. I just do not believe it anymore. It we can't be that it can't be a collective agreement from the players to go one nil up and then just try and defend the lead that we can't. It can't be. He must be telling them to do something when we go one nil up. There must be a change in their mind. And it, it's heartbreaking to see because this is a team that should be top four. There's no reason why they can't be top four. I they should be top three, probably top two, but they're not and that's a leadership issue. And we'll get onto the stats later. But the stats are from this game and the full season of what we do when we go one nil up. It's just embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. And he's so lucky there's no play there's no fans in the ground. So lucky. Imagine the boos. Imagine how negative it would feel. I haven't heard much booing. And I'll tell you what it reminded me of. There's Dave Gorman, you know, the comedian Dave Gorman, he did that Google Whack adventure. He's a bit 2000s, you know, but he's a very clever comedian. You he, he don't see him around much more anymore, but he re- does books. I remember hearing an interview and I might maybe misremembering it, but I remember him hearing an interview where he was saying he once put out a tweet where he asked people to challenge him and he would go and do it games. And so he played millionaires monopoly in london so we went and put thousands of pounds of real money down and they played it and it was just what they did he did a shin kicking competition in yorkshire 
you know, he just because that's what they do up there. There's not much to do up there. And then he also went back up to Yorkshire because he went to the World Conquer Championships and it was held in this little village. Right. And an old man won it. And he was speak. Dave Gorman was speaking to the man. He said, well done for winning. And it turned out that man had never left his village in his entire life. So Dave Gorman said, I'm going to take you to New York. You're going to play conquers on the streets of New York and you're going to see the world. So he goes, has an amazing time. And on the last night in his suite, he's he's two hands on the window, looking out over the lights of New York. And this old man, and Dave, Dave Gorman goes to him. He's looking melancholy. And Dave Gorman goes to him, right, what, what's wrong? You know, are you all right? And the man just goes, old man, old boy, world conquer champion, just says, I think I've wasted my life. And that hit hurts me, right? And it, there's there's a feeling of regret. I hate the feeling of regret. And right now, you can regret watching Tottenham. You don't get anything from this Tottenham. Like in the 90s, we knew we were bad, you know, and uh, there, there was always some sort of romance in the AVB era. It was it was irritating, but it wasn't this heartbreaking, toxic fan base. We'll get on to the racism, I'm sure. But it's just all bad. And you can see that it could be good. And it, it's a very regretful thing supporting Tottenham at the minute. And I love this club. And there's a bit of me that wants Jose to do well because he's the manager this club that I love, I love the badge, I love the colours, I love the fans, I love you two, I love it. But it's a very difficult thing to love right now. It's a really difficult thing because it, it feels like there's a very obvious problem that is not being addressed That it, it, because it's, it's a pet project for Enoch and Levy in a way that we've never seen before. We've never seen him make, it's almost an irrational decision right now. And that's a very, very painful thing. And oh, it just it, it's heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. And it's tearing the fan base apart as well. I'm going to stop talking. Although, yeah, they have gone very quiet today. Yeah, they have gone quiet. I've got one email. And see, as considering, yeah, but there's been nothing on social media. And no. considering it's been a it's season ticket renewal day, I think they've tweeted once today. Wasn't that wasn't that them all the players playing basketball or something? That was I saw something today. Oh, I must have missed that. Maybe I was looking on the wrong thing. But I think the regret thing is a really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting one actually, ASD. Because as you were saying it, I thought you were going to go down one path. I agree with you, but it's not even about watching it because like sometimes you know we go through periods of being poor, right? Mm. And I feel I feel particularly. I feel particularly challenged as you do because we're poor, not because we've got poor players. You know, we've made investment. We've got, we've got players that are the envy of many other clubs. Right. And we're just not utilizing them, which is an absolute travesty. But the regret for me is I've got a big regret as well, precisely because of those players. So those players, we are going to lose players off the back of this mismanagement from Jose Mourinho. They're never going to come back. You know, like, or he's kind of decimated them to the to the extent that they're not going to be the players that they could be before, because in that sweet spot of their careers, they haven't been coached properly. They haven't been developed. And this is what football is now. You know, those and that's what that's what you how you get the best out of your out of your team, whether you're at this level or at Sunday league level, is by having good management and good coaching, which we clearly haven't got, or a plan, and we haven't got that either. So look at Delhi. Like if Delhi leaves, right, we will have we will have wasted one of the great. I know I say the same thing, but we will have wasted one of the great talents of the of a generation. I was listening to them, listening to the radio, banging on about Jesse Lingard 
earlier and about how he's nailed on for the Euros and all the rest of it. And I feel for Delhi. Are you telling me he doesn't have the talent to do something in the Euros to spark something for England? Mm. He hasn't got the talent to spark something for us. I thought exactly the same when that substitution happened at 1-1. All right, we conceded. It was going to happen. But we came out. I don't know what the what the conversation was at half time for us to come out like that. But at 1-1, that was it. The substitution told us all we need to know about how we were going to approach the rest of the game. At 1-1, at home. Yeah. Now, this is nothing against Sissoko. I mean, I quite enjoy Sissoko for his Sissoko-ness, right? Yeah. However, when you've got a bench like that, you're not. that is not a statement of intent to the players on the pitch as well. What are you saying to the players on the pitch about what you want to do in the rest of that game when you bring on Sissoko, when you've got Delhi and Bale, and to some degree even Lamella on the bench, in terms of what your, your forward, your, the trajectory, the positive trajectory that you want from that game? 1-1. What is Sissoko going to do to help us win the game at 1-1? In, in, a, in a game that we had to win as well. It was like, if yeah. it was a game, you know, where it's like, oh, a draw's brilliant, then I would have understood it. But we, it was a must-win game. And I just don't get it. I just, I, I feel like sometimes I'm just watching a completely different Tottenham at the moment to the pundits and the manager, because it was like, it was so obvious to me against United. It was like, we needed to keep hold of the ball. Like for me, if he needed to make a sub, and I'm not his biggest fan, but I was like, Harry Winks will come on and he's a crab in midfield. He doesn't play forward, but it will retain possession for you. And like at that point in the game, that is all we needed to do. Like, and you know, like I said, I said it last week and the week before, and for most pods, it's like the tactics when we're in possession is get it to Kane. And it's like sometimes when you're under the cosh, just keep the ball kill the game for a little bit. And if we'd have done that and kept it at one all, then all of a sudden we're just like, right, we can grow into the game a little bit more. I just, I just, it was so frustrating to watch. Um, and I just don't know what's happened individually to some of the players. Like I thought Hoiberg was way off it again. Um, and I thought, I thought Reggie as well, the last three or four games for Reggie, he's really struggled. Um, they've been squashed. Their spirit has been dampened. Yeah. And they must they're be knackered as well. Yeah, they're knackered. Their spirit has been dampened. He doesn't know what his best team is. He doesn't know how he wants them to play. He's blaming them at every juncture. First, you know, I mean, it's just the whole thing is awful. You know, like you don't go out there going, this is fun. That's the other thing, is that you want to be pushed, you want to be challenged, but it also has to feel like there has to be some levity in it as well. They have to go out there and want to run through walls for each other and for the manager. As And just looking at Sonny at the end of that, it was like he has, whatever's going on, right, he's lost two dressing rooms, I agree with ASD, but whatever is going on, they are spent. He was finished. I mean, imagine, like, he's such a nice man, Sonny, as well. He's like always got, like, a really kind of positive out. He's a grafter, but he's got a positive outlook. He looked absolutely decimated. And that's not just the decimation of losing a football match, right? Because we've lost football matches before. That is the decimation of, of like, a bunch of, clearly, of a bunch of players who don't know, like, how to help themselves, right? Who knows? I had one person telling me that, you know, Kane's the reason why he feels like that is because Kane's obviously told him he's had enough. Maybe. Mm. Maybe he was pissed off because, you know, he had some of the likes of Solskjaer saying that he was a cheat, which he wasn't. I mean, let's just get that right. How anyone can complain about VAR for that decision? It's like he 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 slapped him. 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't I, understand I, why there was even an even a debate, and that's not because I'm a Spurs fan with my blinkers on. He slapped him. I think he was lucky not to get sent off, frankly. And I had people even in the in the Bradley White's WhatsApp group saying, "Well, you know, it's a travesty. People go down for things like that. No, you have to go down, or it won't get looked at." And he slapped him. So you know, you had Solskjaer call, calling him a cheat. Goodness knows what's going on in the dressing room. You know, I don't know if he'd looked at his phone and he'd seen some of the racism that he was subjected to. Probably actually in, mostly from Manchester United fans this time, because Davinson, the racism that Davinson faced was probably from our so-called fans. Um, you know, I just think it's just it must be really miserable. Like, think about what a toxic work environment that is. Yeah, and I, and I always like it when we try to draw comparisons between like football and like everyday jobs that we're all in. And it's like what they look like to me are burnt out employees yeah. that are in need of like a different role or a two week holiday. And it's mm. like, you know, in a, in a normal working environment, if you were to see somebody like Sonny or, or, or any of the guys really in that side, you'd be saying to them like, maybe you should start having a think about trying something, going and doing something different. Yeah. It's like so... I do think that it just it can't it can't be enjoyable and that sort of like willingness to enjoy the ugly side of the game which it felt like we had at the start of the season was obviously just a honeymoon phase and a temporary period because that's completely gone um so there's going to be mass changes I mean let's talk a little bit about some of the statistics which are just so damaging um this is what Sky um put out after the game uh, so we have scored first 19 times this season, the second most in the Premier League. We have been ahead 16 times this season at half time, the second most in the Premier League. We have failed to win. We have failed to win when ahead at half time seven times this season, the worst record in the Premier League. We've dropped 18 points from winning positions, the second worst in the Premier League. We've conceded nine goals in the last 10 minutes, the worst in the Premier League. We've dropped 11 points in the last 10 minutes, the worst in the Premier League. I mean, it is so scathing, but I'm trying to be positive with this, right? And you're probably going to laugh at me, but it's a game. Football is such a strange sport, right? And I can't see any way we turn this around unless we give Jose 300 million quid to say go and buy a new squad and that's never going to happen. Um, but it's like, even if you'd have just like with 11 points in the last 10 minutes, even if you sort of cling hold or get back like another six of them all of a sudden you're in the top four it's so it's so baffling that it is a game of such fine margins we don't deserve to be there by the way but it's a game of such fine margins isn't it that stuff like that is the difference like 18 points yeah, but that's exactly the point, though. it's exactly what we've been saying is that the team is good enough right it's and shown it's a, that yeah. it's a funny season anyway but the team is good enough but we go and drop 11 points in the last 10 minutes and so that's exactly the point is like we're good enough. We just for some reason that there's a there's some kind of a, there's either a sort of a block or we just we, we're, we're doing the thing that we can't do, which is trying to hold on to a game at the end of it. And I think as well that Jose was brought in because the belief was that this group of players and this squad is good enough. It can get to the finish line, but just can't quite get over it. We're in exactly the same boat. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking about these statistics and like. I'm sitting there saying, oh, if, you know, if we'd have just hung on against Newcastle twice, do you know what I mean? we'd have four more points. Like, that's what he was brought in to do, was to make those small 
increases. He wasn't brought in to completely overhaul the entire club. It was take what we already had and just make it 5% better. Uh, ultimately, like, he's not done it. Like, he's not done it. And it's like, I backed him all season long or for the last 18 months. I was like, I, I thought it made sense to bring him in. He's a world-class manager. He's won it all. All of this stuff. But if we're being honest, like, it's just not worked. And like the club just need to now at the end of the season or whenever that whenever they just need to address it and be like, look, we've got it wrong. And it's like you make mistakes in business, you make mistakes in life like it's fine. Like, But they have to address it. What we can't have is another season of it because there's just absolutely no way. Like, I genuinely think if we make a change at the end of the season or before that and bring the right manager in, you might keep hold of Kane. You might. There's absolutely no way he stays with Jose. No, like, no way, because we're not a club that's going anywhere. So yeah. it's like just for the the immediacy of the next four or five seasons to keep our best ever player, you're going to have to change it and go in a direction that, that suits him. Um, because there's just there's there, there's no way now that I see success with Jose. Even if the miracle happens in a few weeks, we win the League Cup. Like, that will be absolutely amazing that day. And I will love it and celebrate it and be brilliant. But it's still not going to be enough to salvage it now. Like, well, I mean, winning the cup and finishing eighth is like, it's not, it's good to have got a trophy, but it's, it's, it's hardly a successful season. The last two league cups, who were the managers? Couldn't tell that we you. won. Oh, George right. Graham yeah. and Juan Ramos. I mean, they're not, they're not managers that yeah. we revel in in any way. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think our best chance of winning the League Cup is by getting rid of him now and, and hoping that the new manager factor is mm-hmm. the thing that buoys us to win it. Because otherwise, you know what's going to happen. We're going to go 1 0 up and we'll lose 5 1. Mm. I don't even think we'll go 1 0 up against City. But again, try and be, we might. Try, trying to be positive. The only glimmer of hope I've got is that Leeds with 10 men turned them over. So you never know. Crazy things are crazier things have happened. But I mean, it, it, it Our goal was it. great. You know, that was a good that was a good Spurs goal. The like, it was nice. It was a nice sweeping movement and all and all of those things. So that's the fact is we can do it. Yeah. But they run out of ideas because they're not being, co- you know, they're not. You've said it. You've been saying it all along, Jack. They're not being coached properly. What What, what are we doing? What is the. Mm. I hate to use the word. What's the philosophy of the team? Mm. You know, if you think about someone like, you know, I'm sure we're going to come on to this. But if you look at somebody like Nagelsmann, right, he's got a way of working and a plan. You know, I read something from um, someone that that plays that played for him. I, I mean, I can't remember the guy's name. So sorry to the man who said this. You know, when he was like, you know, when when we win the ball and our philosophy, our goal is to get the ball into the final third within eight seconds. I mean, that's an actual thing, like within eight seconds. That's not like because and they must practice that and figure out how they're going to do it and what that transition of play is and all the rest of it. We haven't got a Scooby. We have not got a Scooby. I just, you know, like Nagelsmann's a name that gets touted around a lot. Like, I mean, I don't know too much about him, but that I still think that Tottenham is an attractive club to come and manage. Like, I think there's got so much going for it. Um, But the, the difficulty really is coming in with this group of players like they just look completely broken now and it's like I do actually worry about some of them it goes back to what you were saying earlier Chris like can some of them even salvage a career anywhere like they just look so shot of confidence and we all know what confidence is like in our lives like it it takes years to build it and bang in a second it can be completely gone and it's like to then build these players back up like and a lot of these players are young players as well you know that have not even been in the professional game even 10 years it's like 
they need to be coached and need to be mentored you know like we've gone down the route of the old school magic and it doesn't they're just not reacting to it so i'd worry about a lot of them however i think we i, I shared this tweet from uh the uh the brilliant julie welch if you haven't seen um her film those glory glory days is one of the greatest films about football let alone about spurs that you'll ever see so i can't recommend that enough but julie tweeted yesterday it feels like jose Mourinho's pulled an engine apart and can't work out how to get it back together again so he's left all the bits on the kitchen table mm. and i shared that in the proudly lights lily white's whatsapp and the brilliant Ange responded we need a german engineer to put it all back together again mm. Right. And so and I think that there is something with Nagelsmann, though, because I think one of the things about him is, is that he has he's a very charismatic man, by all accounts. And he's got a sort of a combination of a very keen intellect, kind of, as I say, charisma and a sort of a larger than life persona and a very strong emotional connection with with his players. So I think if you bring in somebody like that as well, where it's about. Where we're back to sort of almost something a bit more Pochettino like where it's about the collective and the group and about how you bring that group together under sort of that charismatic manager then you you know you could potentially kind of not bring that group back together again because you know he and his focus is on developing teams and players and I read somewhere as well that he's brutally ambitious and I like the idea of being brutally ambitious because that sets a tone for the team as well and you know um he's he's got that sort of thing where it comes you know he's got a thing i think it was four things where he's got like he can he's got a lot of social capital so again about how you bring those players together he reckon recognize and maximize a player's potential which i think is important he can make them better which is the coaching part and he can effectively intervene during games. That's what we've seen. I mean, if you look at that Leipzig team and the talent, the talent on display, it's nowhere near what we've got. Mm. And look what he managed to achieve with them because of those four things. So I think he'd be perfect for us. He's young as well, so you want that, like you know, like a longer-term vision. I've got no idea whether we're gonna, you know, whether that that's even on the cards. But I mean, that's what I'd like to see. But I just had a quick. I just had a quick um, Google. I didn't. I mean, he's he's Bookie's favourites everywhere to be the next Spurs manager, and it's like oh, Bookie's, really? don't, Bookies don't really ever tend to get that kind of stuff wrong. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just it just it does feel like a bit of a, a ticking time bomb with Jose now, which is it is such a shame because like I said, I was so optimistic when we got him. I just thought like this is like a real heavyweight manager we're bringing in. But you know. I know we don't like to talk about other sides too much, but the point of the matter is, like, look at West Ham this season, and ASD said it a minute ago, he wouldn't take any of their players. That's a manager that's got a way of playing, players have bought into it, and he's not just getting the most out of the players, he's getting beyond that. And it's like, you know, no disrespect to David Moyes, but if he's doing that at West Ham, why the hell is Joe, can Jose not do it at Spurs? Like, there's just, there's, there's a, just a real missing piece at the minute. Um, so I do, I do think it's just a matter of time. <laughs> If you saw Jonathan Wilson's piece in The Guardian about Jose, which I thought was brilliant, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. But there was one point where he sort of said there's a bit in, li- in the life of almost all public figures where they sort of lapse into a self-parody and they stop asking themselves what the right solution is and instead apply the most their most characteristic solution. So it like happened to Arsene Wenger. He stopped, he stopped kind of saying, how do I achieve the best possible solution? And started asking, what would Arsene Wenger do? Mm-hmm. And... So the the benefit of experience lapses into being a template of yourself and a caricature of yourself. And that's exactly where Jose is. 
he's not thinking about how am I going to solve this. He's like, what would you know? It's like, what would Jose Mourinho do? Mm, and talking of dads, I just want to tell you that I, my dad's a Man United fan, as I've said. Doesn't like Jose Mourinho, didn't like Jose Mourinho. And I just rang him up after the game and I said the two words to him that he said to me throughout all of Mourinho's reign at Manchester United, which is bloody Mourinho. Hmm. And it works perfectly, works much better with a, this, his thick Cypriot accent. But that's all I want to say was bloody Mourinho. Hmm. Is he Welsh? Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Just got this. Uh, there's a piece in uh, Football 365. Uh, let me read it out. It says Jose Mourinho again is the title. Jose Mourinho has managed expectations down to the point that some supporters have alleviated him of some responsibility for making the mess. And no responsible fan could be proud of that performance. Tottenham was so passive that there were signs of rigor mortis visible to the naked eye. It is a message that needs repeating because plenty disagree with it. This is not a bad group of players. It is not an ideal squad, of course, but then nor are others. Most of this squad have succeeded here or elsewhere. The squad was also good enough to initially keep pace with the leaders. They have not all suddenly and simultaneously lost their ability. But all of those players succeeded outside of a toxic environment and within a consistent system that helped them flourish. They are a group devoid of confidence, made miserable by their habitat. And the responsibility for that lies with the manager. If one or two key players were in abject form, it would be on them. If every member of the squad is, it suggests that the system itself is broken. Mourinho's man management has not worked. His consistent tinkering personnel has not worked. His siege mentality has not worked. Nothing has. That was written in December 2018, was Mourinho was manager of Man United. Mm. Like, look at that. That was three years ago, well, two and a half years ago. And it, nothing's changed. Same coach, different players. And it's like, if you also, like, just on a direct Spurs Man United comparison, the spine of the Man United team is Lindelof, Maguire, Fred and McTominay against us. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, that's, it's hardly a team that I looked at on paper and thought, core, you know, we're going to be in real trouble. I don't think United are that great, if I'm totally honest. And, like, that spine kept Hoiberg, Undenbele, Kane, Son out the game. And you just think, like, how does that happen? Like, we beat United 6-1 about seven months ago like it's just <laughs> it's absolutely baffling um yeah. so they totally deprived us of the fun of watching sunny kane delhi and bale together oh yeah, yeah. and oh Dem- and dombele i love him he's fast becoming yeah. one of my favorite ever players he, what I thought he player. played really well again yeah. really well again such um, a talented young man i mean he is so young he's got the world at his feet and it just needs to be something to click might be a new manager might be building a team around him but he could be one of the best players in europe i i'm so excited to see him you know it will be uh it will be oliver skip coming into the team and just anchoring the midfield behind him to let him go and let him go and do a championship stuff. i think he'd be a great championship player <laughs> and dombele, i think we'll, we'll win the championship this year. <laughs> Playoffs, at least, I think, as you know. Um, right. Um, let's do a little preview of Everton because, you know, the games come thick and fast. We've got them Friday night. Um, this is another a huge game. Do you know what I mean? It, it, like, I mean, I can't see us getting top four, but I mean, if, if we're beaten by Everton, then it absolutely is curtains. Um, they beat us opening day of the season 1 0. They beat us in the FA Cup 5 4, didn't they, in that crazy yeah. game? Um, I've always felt like with Everton that they're a team that like I don't worry too much about when we play them. Do you know what I mean? It's like they're a nice team. They're, they've just felt to me in recent years like a team that we're just better than in every department. But I can't see anything other than an Everton win Friday night, really. like I'd be absolutely shell-shocked if we got anything out of that game, which just says exactly where we are. Um, what do you both think about it? 
I thoroughly enjoyed the Everton game where we beat them 6-4 or whatever it was. And Poch said that was his um, anniversary present to his wife. I quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my missus is an Evertonian, so that's always fun, although she's not really that interested. She used to go quite a lot in the early 2000s. So now she just sees how sad I get. So she might feel sorry for me and not like rub it in too much. Listen, I think precisely because we're not expecting it, because they're just decent, etc., we might like kind of nick something. I've, I looked at the table earlier. They're only two points behind us, but they've got two mm-hmm. games in hand. Yeah. So they are likely to finish ahead of us, I would imagine, yeah. um, this season. I am worried about Gilfie because our former players always score against us. Um, I don't know. I think I'd be surprised if we, I, I'd be surprised if we won. I, I, I wouldn't be that surprised if we like eked out a bit of a boring one, one or something. Yeah. It late Everton equaliser. Yeah. 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 I love Everton. I love their fans. Whenever they come, we always say it. They all, they only ever sing about their club. I mean, they're used to gobby next door neighbours who have seen some success. Like, and they're just a good proper team, best ground in the league now that White Hart Lane's gone. Such yeah. a great away day. It's, oh, it's cracking yeah. everything. Uh, and you just, I love them. They went out and got a proper manager, and they've got a striker uh, who's doing doing the rounds. And I, if you search for Tom Davis and Calvert Lewin like fashion show, they love going to fashion shows, and their their gear is amazing. What they wear, like, and I, I just love that. I love just seeing rich kids not rich kids but these kids who are rich just going off and making mistakes and having a great time um i don't think we're gonna win i think they're better than us and i i'm, I'm all right with it i'm i'm, I'm very at peace now I, sporting tottenham gives you this great stoicism like it, it it's like we're we we are marcus aurelius like this is this is what stoicism was built for and i'm i'm very good at observing my emotions now from Tottenham because otherwise i'd be a wreck oh i tell you what i can't um i can't overestimate how well how right asd is for like googling calvert lewin and tom davis in fashion week it's like, that's the one. That right now and tom davis has got some incredible like purple boots on maybe <laughs> And like, there's some really good coats and some excellent flared trousers. I mean, like they 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 look AC, good, right? so yeah, it's great. I love it. Yep, yep. I reckon we'll win though. I I, I, do, I reckon we'll get a two 0 I can oh, just back in a clean sheet. Christ. I'm back in a I'm back in a bail goal. I'm back in just I'm back in changes. I'm back in Toby coming back in because you never know what's going to happen unless we go one nil up. Yeah, that's it. And I still also, love so a, a side question, ASD. How happy will you be in terms of your your whole time watching football and sport? How happy would you be if the League Cup final is Man City nil Spurs three, and the goal scorers are Davis, Roden, Roden. and Bale? Oh but God. how happy <laughs> versus like versus Wales like beating Belgium in that game in oh, the no. Euros? Like how no, no, no. how where would that where would that rank? Like all the Welsh boys scoring and us winning the cup. I I re, I've, I'm very consistent with this. It's not a proper cup. It, it it would be very difficult to come close to Wales Belgium, right? That that the only thing that came comes close is Mora and Madrid and the winning that final because there's so much emotion that that would make my season though. That would it would make everything okay Mourinho side, but for Spurs side, I love Joe Roden. 
like and if you watch that video of Bale and Roden talking together where they're interviewed and they start talking about aliens and stuff yeah. and you just realise I just, just kids I yeah. love their mates like Joe do you know like Joe Roden it must be like so surreal he's, it seems like he's one of his best mates he's like this football superstar like do you That's know what I mean it's won everything it's mad well you, you got to think like Wales has got very few people compared there's more people in london than there are in wales yeah. and so you break it down into how many elite footballers are, are there very few so they've been playing together for a very 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 long time and we don't have a big 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 pool of people to play with most of them are farmers so it's it, they must be playing together for a long time it's yeah. in the same way ramsey they, they're all great mates and i love that i love it but I yeah what, I, I do like i do th- i you know if we manage them correctly so this is back to what we were saying earlier he could be a real player for us oh, for a yeah. number of years to come. Him and Tanganga, like, yeah. to make up half 100%. of that back four. 100%. It, like, I really, I don't know why Tanganga didn't play at the weekend. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. But, like, I think he's done pretty well when he's come in. Like, I really, yeah. I, Tanganga's the one that, like, I get really excited watching him because it's like, he's a great player, but he's such a brilliant athlete as well. And uh, I just watch him and think, like, he offers so much to us defensively. Um, that you just, you know, if only we had an experienced 31, 32-year-old international centre-back at the club, eh, that could sort of slot in between. <laughs> on on oh, paper, yeah. you just think, like, how is that not happening? But well, I don't yeah. know. And a club legend coaching them on how to defend and how to read the ground, you know. Um, we haven't exactly been defensive superstars since Ledley came in, and he is, effective. this is his first job, so that, that might be something to look at. But... Uh, I I will never. I don't know. I think I'm not criticising Sadly, I'm a, I'm a bit. I would say that that's more. I mean, maybe I'm just being paranoid. This is like my Jose paranoia. It's like you you put Ledley in there so you can hide behind him. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Do you know what I mean? It's like I I'm not. You know, that, again, that's something that comes up in the proud Lily White's chat. Is like, oh well, we haven't been very good defensively since Ledley came in. I'm sorry, I'm not having Ledley. Like, if you're that coach. You what you do is you're doing the, you're doing the work from the, the, the manager the 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 person whatever you want to call, whatever Jose's title is you're doing that work that that person um sort of disseminates yeah, but, yeah, yeah. it comes from there it comes from there I do love how much you call out the proud Lily White's group on here and they can't defend themselves <laughs> so we, we know as soon as we stop recording Chris's chat and WhatsApp I'm so sorry I didn't mean any of what I said. <laughs> No, I mean it's not everyone, but there. But I'm saying is like it's a really I know, good. I know. It's a great. No, but it's a really good sort of microcosm of the conversations. And some people are like, oh, it's led, and it's just like I'm not sure it is Ledley. I'm not sure you can say it's it's down to Ledley actually. And you know what you don't want is for him to be put off coaching forever because he's had a terrible first experience again. Yeah, it was a flippant remark from me. Yeah, um, but, a note on the racism. Awful, 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 awful. Like, if you just search it, it's it's awful. Oh, and it's horrendous. It comes from Man United fans, and there's Man United fans all over the world, and there's some countries where racism is acceptable, and so they don't well, know any well, better. I, mean, I saw a perfect one from a guy who seems to be somewhere, definitely in the UK, yeah. you know, so and there he was all. saying all sorts of terrible things. The platforms are not going to make a change because it, it, it makes them more money. For, yeah. because people will be on there so it's not going to change their the teams the, the hard thing is you say the people need to get off but they shouldn't be getting off social media because because people are racially abusing the police just need to get involved 
and they just need to start punishing people. It's the only way. You can get IP addresses, you can yeah, find people. There's just, there's just no consequences for these people that yeah. go on and do it. And it's like, people just feel like they can go on and do that. And it's like, that's no problem. Like, that nothing will get back to me. It's just shocking. It's absolutely, it's like the fact that there are still people that think that, you know, that that's, that's okay to do is one thing. But the fact that then there's no consequences it's just it's awful like honestly like some what is this world that we're living in at the moment there are occasional consequences though to be fair because this guy that i was just talking about he deleted his twitter account pretty smartish because he realized what was going on but people had already found him on facebook screenshotted Mm. loads of his facebook profile you know and you know and you've got that you've got a a full name and probably where they work Mm. and actually for something like that and you know good yeah, but the good. thing for me is, I'm I I think this thing about ide- getting people to ID themselves before they join um, Twitter or whatever. I mean, you know, I saw it was Adam Crafton, I think, in the Athletic. He was saying, and I agree with. You know, I think this is a really important point. It works for Premier League footballers, but not for everyone. You know, so if you're like in a country where free speech is Sorry, is limited yeah. and stuff, and you need to be able to organise or whatever, you cannot suddenly start saying that's what we you know we need to id people so but i think it's part of the solution is the so you know like an asd is right social media companies aren't necessarily gonna you know it's literally their business model so you need better government regulation right yes they do need to do some stuff around using ai social media companies they can do that but also all of our structures need to change we need to fix our justice system we need to fix the culture that enables this racism to flourish you need to sort out edu- the education system. You need to provide education here. You know, we've got immigration system, an immigration system that enabled the Windrush scandal and all the rest of it. We've got these culture wars that, sorry, I'm getting you know political with the small people. We've got a culture war that's been stoked by the government and actually by governments like ours across Europe. And the media is controlled and, do- and controlled, dominated, disseminated by cisgendered heterosexual white men. And so it continues. So all of those things together, I'm not surprised that we're here. The only thing, the only, the only positive, the only kind of solace that I take is that it's definitely not all of us. Mm-hmm. And actually, the majority of football fans and the major, you know, that is not, that's not how we operate. However, there are enough people for that to be a damaging environment for people to work in. And a danger, you know, like an, an environment that is not fun for people to work in or an environment for people to thrive on. And so that's why we have to do something about it. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you thought that was bad, all of that racism stuff, there's rumours that Fellaini might be coming to Spurs. And that, oh, don't say that. that. That will kill me. That he's him and Costa. That's like a classic Mourinho response, isn't it? That would imagine he signs him and then leaves. We'll, get, be, we'll, get, we'll sign Fellaini on a four-year deal, and then a week later, Joe's will be gone. He's, it's the worst. He honestly, him and Costa are my least favorite Premier League players to watch ever. Like they would make my Ballon eleven. I, I, I cannot abide watching those two players because it's anti-football. He's a Oh, I'm not going to start. Let's move on. I've got a quiz if you got want. A it. quiz. Yeah. It's not an easy one. Oh, they I've never got 13 are. Questions. They? Hmm? I said they never are. As long as it's not like an educational one, because the other week when you did the cities, that just absolutely threw me. If it's a football, <laughs> if it's a football thing, I'm fine with that. As soon as it gets beyond that, I start panicking. Fine. This is 13 questions. Pub quiz question. I will do it. Chris first, Jen Jack, and then if you get it wrong, 
I'll, uh, no, or do you want to do it? Do you just want to shout out? No, no, let's do it. I'm happy. Face. happy All that. right. Uh, Chris, what you is... You know, it took me first, though, Jack, so I can't just like say all the opposite to you like I did last time. <laughs> I know, you, you've got to get it right or wrong, and if you get it wrong when it goes over to Jack, right. it's not... Always, going to always a good tactic to bet against me if it's any kind of quiz. <laughs> always a good tactic, if you're unsure. So, number one, Chris, what is Tottenham's lowest finish in the Premier League era? Ooh... I hope this isn't the uh, easiest question. It, it, some of them. Yeah. Um. Ninety-three, ninety-four. Oh, I, 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 I appreciate it might be that, but I'm just trying to think whether it would be. I'm, I'm, my gut is. I've, I don't know the answer, and the first number that sprung to mind was fourteen. So I'm oh, fourteen. Off the post, nearly. Is it it 15? 15. Oh, damn. Chris, I think that's almost an assist from you, though. Uh, (laughs) You see, no, Christian Eriksen's about to win the league. He's, I think they're mathematically on now to win the league. From the bench, though, to be fair. Um, Jack, who was the last person other than Harry Kane to end a season as Spurs' top scorer? That's a great question. Um, That is a great question. Yeah, if you want. So when did Kane... Oh... That's horrible. So it may be like fifty. Oh, is it Adebayor? It was Adebayor. Oh, well done. Strong work. Uh, in 2007-8, Chris, Tottenham had two four-four draws. Who were they against? Oh, was one of them Aston Villa? It was Aston Villa, yeah. Um and um. I can't remember this game oh. at all. At all. Well, hang on. 7-8? Yeah. Because we drew 4-4. Hang on. Um, this isn't my answer. Because mm-hmm. we drew 4-4 against Arsenal, but I think that was the 8-9 season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was late. Okay, so who did we draw 4-4? Was it Chelsea? Oh, <laughs> what a goal. Yeah, 4-4 Chelsea. That yes. is strong work. Robbie Keane in, in injury time, top corner. That was some goal, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then Berbatov missed a sitter for 5-4. Yes. Gudicini made an unreal save. That was a brilliant game of football, that. That was a brilliant that game. That was about a week after we beat him in the cup final, if memory is correct. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. That was great. Yes. That cup final, I was in uni. It was my last year at uni. And the it was packed full of Chelsea fans. But there was one Hasidic Jew in Exeter. And he every time he'd be there an hour before, Spurs flag out, hat on, loved it. Obviously, season ticket there, knew all the songs way before I knew all the songs. It was amazing. And it, it just emptied as soon as the goal went in. Jack, you've got the hardest question. Uh, in 95-96 season, were you even born? I was. I'd have been two. OK, when you were two, Spurs signed several players on loan for their Intertotal Cup campaign, which future Premier League manager joined from Barnet? Um, my gut, my gut is this is gonna is this like a weird one? And he only like ever played one game for us or something strange like that. Not like Alan Pardew. Oh, yeah, Alan Pardew. Wow, I didn't know that. Well <laughs> done. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Well done, Jack. Oh, which German team beat Spurs eight nil in that Intertoto Cup campaign? It's still a club record defeat. 
Mm, you just have to guess, aren't you? No, no, but um, I think I remember this. Where are we? Ninety-five. Knife, uh, yeah, 95. 95, 96, yeah. Cologne. What is going on? <laughs> Unbelievable. I've got that feeling like I'm sharing my screen. I was a lot older see. in 1995 than Jack was, to be fair, so it's all right that I remember. Oh, my God. Right then. I'm doing surprisingly well. That was my well. final year at university, 95. Oh, hang on. Calvert-Lewin is out injured from the Brighton-Everton game, it says. That's good for Friday. Jürgen Klinsmann was Spurs' top scorer in 94-95, Jack, but which club did he join from in 1994? I'm going to get Kane from... Is it as obvious as Bayern? I'm going to say it is. Bayern? No. No. Didn't he come from Monaco? Yeah, because oh, there's that whole right. thing That's of like sugar going on the yeah, yacht yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Right then, Chris. Bit of an easier one. How many Tottenham players have scored hat tricks in the Champions League? Ooh. Oh. Well, obviously Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. Another um, obvious one. Uh, well, Mura. Mura. Obviously. Um. I mean, I want to say Harry Kane, but he must have done, right? Against that Russian team, didn't he? Do you remember? Yeah. He played, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. Um, that's it. Oh, is that it? Okay, that's great. It. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Bale, Kane, Lucas Moura. I was going to go for Van der Vaart, but he must have only got he must have got a brace a couple of times. I thought I remembered him against FC20. Maybe he got two. Oh, no, but didn't he get two and miss a penalty or something like that? I remember him having a really busy game anyway. I digress. Um, in Jack, in 2000, Spurs paid 700 grand to sign two talented youngsters from Peterborough. Who were they? Oh, uh, yes. Simon Davis and Matty Everington. Uh, yeah, Matty Everington. He scored one of the, my favourite goals against us, wasn't it, for Stoke? For Stoke, the day, yeah. The game after the Real Madrid game where we got absolutely spanked in the, by Adebayor yeah. in, the, in the new camp. Was that by Mourinho's Madrid? No. Anyways, it was. It was. It was 3-2 at half-time because Crouch got set off, didn't he, in, in, against Real Madrid. And he came on, might have even scored a hat-trick. And he went to the crowd and was quite angry at himself. And Etherington and who was it? Kenwin Jones scored an amazing goal. Yeah. That was like the most unstoke goals. Yes. Yeah. Matty Everington's was a run from like inside his own half to the byline, like, like, along the byline. Yeah. It was a mad goal. Absolutely mad. That was a great game. And Kevin Jones was an amazing volley, I think, from sort of yeah. behind him. And he turned right, yeah. Uh, Harry Kane's hat-trick was against Apo and Nicosia. Oh, very good. Great. Russian. Oh, uh, which, question nine, which three, this is to Chris, which three mm. players did Portsmouth sign from Tottenham in January 2007 for a combined 7.5 million? This is quite hard, to be honest. No, oh, hang on, hang on. It can't be. How hard can it be? I think I've got them. Yeah, you probably have. Um, I wouldn't get one, to be honest. But I'm bad at this era. So, one of them... Sean Davis? 
Yeah, Sean Davis. Because this was when Redknapp, it was Redknapp that took them all there, wasn't it? Probably. Crenshaw is not one. Uh, Sean Davis. Um, yes, because of course, I remember thinking this at the time, because I, I always used to say we were delighted when we finally had the midfield pairing that was better than anything that had Jamie Redknapp in it, and that was Sean Davis and Pedro Mendes. Yeah. So Mendes went to Portsmouth as well, didn't he? Did. Did. Good looking boy. And then one more Go little on. French fella. Ah! No, no, Pamaro. <laughs> that should have been what people said when we were going to sign him. No. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. no. God, he was uh, bad. He nice, though. He yeah, was, he was just one of them guys that he like. He just he, he he seemed like he'd be so lovely, but he was just terrible at football. <laughs> it was just oh, so bad. Do you remember when Jermaine was it? Jermaine Jenis was trying to sign for QPR, and the door was locked, and he was trying yeah, to get in in his leather jacket. There. Yeah. Oh, that was heartbreaking. That one. Uh, Jack. Two South Africans have played Premier League minutes for Tottenham. Who are they? Oh yes. There's there's one wrong answer. Yeah, well. Pinar's definitely right. I no. think Kamalu, Kamalu, Kamalu. I don't think he's ever actually played minutes. Correct. Bongani Kamalu never played a league minutes for us. Then that must have meant there was another South African player at some point. Which in recent years has that been a has there been a player like that? Oh, it might be going back to like early two thousand. Oh, you remember like him? That. You remember him? It was a great hope. The second half of his last name is the same as the second half of the name of the instrument that was everywhere during the World Cup. Yeah, great great clue, AFC. <laughs> great clue. Mabizela. I do remember him, God. I mean, we haven't been blessed with good South Africans at Spurs, have we? Not yet. But soon, hopefully. I, I don't know why, hopefully. Um, that's one good players at Tottenham. It's good uh, players, yeah. Yeah. Chris, which three Spurs players were in England's 1998 World Cup squad? Oh. This was Aaron a, Anderson. This, yeah, this was my first proper tournament, I think. That was really on. Um, Darren Anderson. Darren Anderson. Who else was there from our team? Is it? Teddy Sheringham. No. No. Oh, I'm thinking that was I'm thinking 96, aren't I? Was Ledley there? No. Oh. Maybe he who shall not be named. Judas was there. Oh yeah, of course. And oh, and Ian Walker. No. Oh, forget it. One of few knighted, well, <laughs> sort of. Um, uh, what have been like Celez? Celez. Is it? Celez. Uh, Celez. Okay. Uh, Celez Ferdinand. Uh, Last round of questions for each of you. So, who was it, Jack? Former mm. Spurs striker Ronnie Rosenthal was the first player from his country to play in the Premier League. What country was that? Oh, uh, this is Israel. Very good. Um, One of the best ever um, songs was around Ronnie. Do you, do you remember this? I said, Ronnie. You're gonna be the one that saves me, <laughs> and after all, Ronnie Rosenthal. 
probably sung more by opposition teams because they wanted him to start, no? Yeah. Uh, the miss, is the, the the Ronnie Rose Tom miss is oh. incredible. My dad always says, though, that his hat-trick against Southampton in the cup, one of the best hat-tricks he's seen. I love your dad so much. He's <laughs> one of my favourite people. We've got to get him back on. Um, and Chris, I think this is the last one for you. Which goalkeeper who was at Tottenham at the time was on the keeper of was on the cover of FIFA ninety five? Ninety five. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can find an image of it. Well, I would say our goalkeepers in '95 were Ian Walker and Eric the Viking. So I reckon you'd put Eric the uh, Ian Walker on the front with that hairdo. What else could you want? And that really colourful pony shirt. No, Eric the Viking. I made the decision. Like, how has that happened? How has he got on the FIFA? (laughs) Like, that is so strange. (laughs) I've got FIFA like 18. Where when it was released, I went to the I was at the home game. I think it was actually the one where I saw Proud Lily Whites out when there was a bit of like a not a festival, but it was like in that square that was oh, demolished. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were giving out FIFA covers, so I've got a FIFA cover printed, an official FIFA cover, but it's got like Hugo on it or had it, and it had. Um, that was, was that the they cool. were giving out the rock sweets with the little rainbow around them that said Proud Lily Whites in them? Probably. I I, I can remember what I was wearing more than the sweet. So, uh... Fair enough. What are you wearing? <laughs> sheepskin coat is amazing. That, nice. I've got this massive sheepskin coat that I um, I absolutely adore. Last time I wore it was to the Stade de France, which is amazing. But I was, in, I was watching France versus England in rugby and trying to convince the French person that I wasn't English. Go the world, go the world! <laughs> that was a great quiz, Matt. I really enjoyed that. Goodbye. Yeah, nice one. Um, do we Mate's have any other business? I just just keep your chins up. Like it's don't don't let it get you down. It's it's just football. Like obviously it's great when we win. Uh, this it's going to be dark for a while, but just enjoy it. Enjoy going out. Enjoy just just enjoy the players. Like they they're doing their best as much as they can. Like we're, we've got the best team we've had. We finished fifteenth twenty years ago. Like we're, we're a lot better now. We we've you've got to think that the the expectations are so high, and that's what's killing us. So just enjoy it. Like it's the end of the season soon. We're not gonna. We probably won't do much, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. And to take forward the weather metaphor, <laughs> there's always darkness before a storm, and when the storm clears, you could get a rainbow. But you could certainly get like, you know, shoots of recovery from the storm and the sun. You know, things grow. We can nurture things, etc. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Very if you want the rainbow, you've got to put up with the rain. You know who said that? That's actually the best ending of a podcast I think we've ever done. That's amazing. That's brilliant. Um, I love recording this podcast with you too. It's such great therapy every week. So uh, thanks so much. It. And really thank you to uh, everyone that's listened. And uh, until next week, remember whatever happens, future's bright, future's Lily White. Dolly Parton. <laughs> I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football. And I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised... Until today, just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. 
We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsmann. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.